everybody, welcome back to another fine episode of CISWI. I'm your host, Vladimir Zhukovsky. Today, I have two guests, not one, but two. Uh, you'll remember from our first episode, Igor Yuzvak, hailing from Winnipeg, Manitoba, coming to you now. From Winnipeg, HD. Manitoba. Hello, Igor. From Winnipeg, Manitoba. Love it. And uh, second, we have Yuri Kosbin owner of pack bim and former sheet metal worker of many fine commercial properties um for anybody who lives in washington uh you might know of bellevue's lincoln tower yuri did a lot of great work on that welcome yuri hello hey so um let's start things off i mean people kind of know igor a little bit so i want to come to you first yuri uh tell us a little bit about what you do and what uh pack bim is for those that don't know um so let me uh uh, correct you there real quick. Uh, I am still a still a sheet metal worker. Still, uh, still have my union card. Still paying the uh, end of the sheet metal workers. Uh, um, still paying your dues. Still paying my dues. Still paying in the fund. Still paying in the benefits. So literally paying the dues. Yeah. Yeah. Every month. Yeah. Every yep. biweekly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I uh, wasn't really gonna get into my company, but uh, we we can we can get into that. I used to uh, work out in the on the. You know, I've been in construction, commercial construction for a bit now, but um, I've transitioned into the office. And uh, two years ago, I started uh, Pacific BIM Services. Uh, we are a BIM consulting company. A lot of the projects we're working on, um, they're just, uh, so we have a couple of projects across. Well, right now, mo- a majority of them are in the Northwest, but um, hmm. okay. so they're, you know, where they're, the actual construction site is... Uh, still in the um like in the excavation uh portion of it so they haven't mm-hmm. you know maybe, especially now yeah <laughs> yeah excavation portion of it so they don't have a crane up or anything and we're already building you know we've already drawn through the garage we're up on the mid levels and working our way up vetting the design design um, yeah issues mm-hmm. so i like uh, i like to say we're not we're not designers or builders um, but mm-hmm. we ensure the design is buildable. So, um, so you did mention that uh, there there's a number of projects here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, obviously, we're in time of COVID nineteen right now. Um, in the commercial, I mean, you work with primarily commercial construction companies still. Yep. Um, so, in that space right now, even under quarantine and all this stuff going on, um, are you seeing a slowdown in business or like new construction? new buildings going up is it is it slowed down or is it kind of stayed the same or what i've seen uh, so far um I, I guess i can't speak as to like construction general but i can see uh, mm-hmm. speak as to what we've seen so far um so here in seattle um many projects have been um have been shut down right mm, okay so uh in portland so we have two projects in portland well not Port- one in portland one in, in bend oregon those are still going right so um it, it, it varies it varies and there's uh mm-hmm. it sounds like uh, uh i believe that here in seattle uh, construction med- uh, construction projects of um for medical centers or hospitals have have been deemed essential and so yeah, those are yeah. still up and running um but the others um are shut down and you know part of its liability issues so some of the contractors do not want to you know if the, if the governor's is issued a um shelter in place mm-hmm. and uh their order to stay home and stay safe and the contractor you know requires their their employees to come out uh and work and say the employee uh gets sick or you know 
uh, one of the family members gets sick because of that, that's a liability for the contractor. Right. Um, and so uh, there are contractors that are, that are making their employees uh, sign waivers, um, liability waivers. Um, but if they're uh, coming to work. Yeah, it's like, hey, come yeah. to work. But then, uh, yeah, you know, sign a waiver. That, <laughs> but uh, be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean even um earlier on when this whole thing started, I feel like a lot of companies were uh closing down ahead of time uh because either they were actually trying to help or maybe because from a PR standpoint, you don't want to be the one place that stays open when everybody else is closing down and taking care of their employees and you're the one who's like, "No, no, no, you're going to go back to work. Don't worry." <laughs> um, but on the other hand, we're I'm still open and I still have employees and um, I feel that there's that duty and responsibility that there's still some business around right, right. to keep those employees and to keep the business open. I mean, yeah, it's nice and nice and pretty just to shut the doors, go home and, you know, sit at home and watch Netflix for the next <laughs> five weeks. Yeah, but not everybody can do that, um, right? No, Especially and, and, small business. On the, other, on, the, on the other hand, I mean, my with my business specifically, I mean, we, we carry lots of inventory. We have lots of... Uh, overhead with regards to rent and, mm-hmm. and a few other things. I mean, um, and unfortunately if there's still business around, um, I actually just read an article today in, uh, just a couple of marketers were putting out an article saying that if businesses, the business has a do pull through now, um, we'll definitely be, uh, on a, on a good, uh, on a good standing once all this is over and they're the ones who are going to be progressing further than anyone else. Real quick. What do you, what do you mean by pull through? Because I, I was kind of Busy. we discussed that as well on the uh, on the conference call we had, and so uh, what do you mean pull through? Like have enough cash reserves to do? Uh... I think it's the staying open. I think it's you know doesn't matter how many reserves you have if you have no business coming in, those reserves are going to dry up quickly. I think, but I think uh, what you said is staying open, and and most con- con- uh, most businesses that stay open uh, have uh, pivoted have adapted to the new way that's right right so mm-hmm. yeah what, mm-hmm. so i have some friends they they um also own own dealerships and you know they've spent a, a ton of money in online uh, online uh, advertising a ton of money right uh, nobody no longer is driving by and decides to stop by right yeah and so and so like there's a you know there's there's a restaurant here in can you know canless um, mm-hmm. um you know they they pivoted Real quick, they're a really, high-end restaurant, by the way. Yeah, right, very high-end, very very fancy, you know, um, uh, high-end restaurant. And so they pivoted, pivoted way ahead of anybody else, right? They they got a food truck and they got uh, to goes, right? Yep, so, drive-through. Yeah, yeah, drive-through. So, um, I think uh, to to your point there, uh, I think businesses that that you know. There's two ways to stay open, right? You either fund your uh, overhead, you have enough cash reserves to fund your overhead, or you adapt your business to um, still generate revenue while you're open. Because in the construction industry, um, people fail both on the downturn of the economy and on the uptick. Um, mm-hmm. So on the downturn, people that just don't, you know, like don't have enough cash reserves, just close up doors and you know, or can't, you know just can't stay liquid closed doors and, and uh, fail there's also companies on the upturn that don't have cash reserves to um, fund the uh, fund construction because in construction industry you know you're could be as much as uh, 90 days could be as much as 120 days out 
of of work completed you've paid for and then you need to collect on so right right, and when you know when you do try to expand too quickly it just eats cash um temporarily but it requires it requires cash so so i wonder it's it's interesting i think uh in our business here now is uh, we're kind of one step behind you guys we're not completely closed and we're considered an essential service auto sales auto service um and there are larger guys who, I guess, are not generating enough business to keep their 90, 100 employees at the dealership daily. So those guys are, you know, letting their staff go and they're reducing operations. Yeah. Uh, Even though they're having, allowed to stay open, right? They're allowed to stay open. Yeah. They just don't have enough uh, business yeah. um, to, to to basically come to probably, as I'm guessing, a zero um, to, to stay open. Um, but that, you know, that piece of the pie, which is the business, the automotive business, including service and sales. I mean, it's still around, like uh, people still need to buy a car. People still write off their cars. Um, so to me, it seems like if um, if a business is successful in marketing now, and again, I understand some dealerships, for example, probably the uh, the luxury segment is probably taking more of a hit than, than uh, anyone else. And maybe franchise dealers are taking a hit more than anyone else. Uh, with independence, you have so much flexibility with regards to, you know, the product that you sell, the service that you can offer, the hours you can be open within reason, obviously, that um, it, it's definitely, I think, uh, easier to adapt and it's easier to provide that additional value-added services to the customer now that that is the expectation now if you want to win that business. So what do you guys think then um, about companies that are larger? Um, so obviously, you know, we, we talked about small business. Um, I think one, one of the other things some small businesses might be waiting for is some kind of government stimulus. Um, so Igor, I want to ask you, um, because I feel like a lot of people don't really know, like I personally don't know, is, is, uh, the Canadian government doing a lot to, uh, stimulate the, you know, inject stimulus into the economy? Yeah, there have been different, uh, different packages coming out on the, on the personal level, on an employee level, there have been, um, you know, definitely some dollars coming out available to people who have been laid off um, due to the pandemic, specifically either be a, a contractors or, or self-employed or, or even average employees. Uh, with regards to small business, I know something that came out is uh, assistance with, I believe, 75% of payroll. Mm-hmm. That's something that um, that just came out within the last couple of days. I'm not quite sure how that works yet. I haven't read up enough information on that. Uh, but definitely government is involved because they realize if uh, if everyone closes, I mean, the economy really shuts down. And if the economy shuts down, I mean, nobody wins, right? Yeah. Um, the the Obviously, the essential service workers are still working. I have friends who are in the, um, in the rail industry. I mean, they're still working to, to making sure, you know, loads are moving. Truckers are still driving around making sure loads are moving. So there's a lot of industries where people are still working, but there's definitely some assistance from the government uh, for those who are not working and have been affected by, um, you know, by the pandemic. So I don't know the exact uh, dollar figure of the Canadian stimulus, but I do know that uh, in America we do everything bigger than everybody else, which is why we have a two trillion dollar stimulus. Uh, Where's your mega was, hat? <laughs> yeah, dude, two trillion dollars. Um, which which sounds like a number is that's just bonkers um but then i read actually that it, it's only really th- about 30 percent bigger than the uh, last stimulus after the financial crisis in 2008 and so that that was actually interesting because i didn't i didn't think it was even half that back then but you know 
Um, so Yuri, I want to ask, I want to ask you first, um, $2 trillion, is that, is it too much? Do you think it will be effective in, um, you know, sort of keeping the economy in check and in balance? I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know that it's going to be in check and in balance, but it, it definitely needs a, uh, a boost for, um, to get going again. Um, you know, with, with, uh, the government, you know, a lot of this, this shutdown has, has been mandated by the government. And so right. when, the, you know, when you're, when you're telling people to stay home and then you can't, uh, you, you can't, uh, get them, get them through that time. Um, I think they, they, in a way they, they owe it to us, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, or to the American people. Now, I don't know how much or if anything we, you know, myself will be getting, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't. Well, know. we're getting. I mean, we're getting uh, at least something, right? For for families. Um, so for a single, you get uh, twelve hundred dollar check. If you're a couple making under two hundred grand, you get twenty four hundred dollars plus five hundred per kid. Um, Igor and I talked about this. We said, you know, a lot of a lot of our Slavic population is uh, going to be cashing in pretty soon, uh, especially <laughs> those families. I don't know if there's a limit to how many kids that covers, but. Uh, if, if it, if there is no limit, then I, some of our people are going to become really, you know, really wealthy here in a minute. Um, Igor, what do you think, uh, just in terms of, I mean, I know you're Canadian, right? But $2 trillion to bail out the, uh, U S economy. Uh, a lot of that includes money and, uh, assistance to the airline industry. Um, what, what do you think? Is that, do you think something like that would be effective? I think nobody really wins in the situation that we're in and to recover on our own. I don't know how feasible that would be. It doesn't matter if it's Canadian economy or U.S. economy. Right, right. Uh, so these uh, these uh, stimulus packages um, are definitely uh, should be boosting the economy to make sure, you know, folks are uh, able to pay their expenses or living expenses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is folks are able to provide some food on the table. And <laughs> Vlad was joking last time. He says, all the Slavic people are going to get these bonuses and go buy cars, you know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them work for cash, uh, anyways, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> it's a, it's important, and uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, very smart individuals who have uh, looked at different ways on how this can be done in a, in a very short term. Uh, they didn't have much time to to get all the details down, but it seems like uh, both Canada and US are coming out with uh, stimulus packages to make sure that the economy keeps on going and the recovery process. And that's something that uh, I talked to a couple of guys today, a couple of auto dealers. And um, the, the question is, is, you know, this pandemic can end, maybe people will go to work, but how long will it be uh, to recover back to the same level that we were, we were in, you know, let's say two months, two ago, months right? ago. Yeah. To have it feels, it feels ago, like it's that's... been longer than that, but really it's only been two, three months. So. It hasn't been that long. Uh, so the recovery process might be even more painful now than, uh, you know, after all this is done and everyone returns to work is, uh, a lot of people, a lot of businesses that even the ones that do stay open might be behind, um, on, uh, you know, on different bills. I know we have, um, some tax deferrals for businesses and for individuals, uh, in our city right now, they're actually had a discussion, uh, about deferring property taxes, which are due soon here. Mm -hmm. So there's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so definitely each level of government, because we have um, municipal, provincial, and federal government, right? They're, they're all talking about different ways of how even taxes can be deferred or what can, they can do to assist people, in, you know, in this situation. Yeah. So then, um, I mean, you, you talked about individuals, uh, you know, having a lot of 
more cash in their pocket. What about large companies? Do they, uh, like we said, this has been going for three months. Do they, should they get a bailout or should some of them just be allowed to fail? I guess. Uh, I mean, companies here can do chapter 11. They have access to debt markets. They can raise capital pretty quickly, especially if they're uh, large companies like, um, actually I read the, the other day that American airlines is asking for $12 billion. Otherwise they're going to have to start laying off people. And mm-hmm. I looked at how much, uh, how much employees they have. They have about 120,000 employees. So if you take 12 billion, you could give every single employee $93,000 each and just let the company fail. Like you can save 120,000 people's lives. I mean, that's obviously an average and some people make more, some make less, but you can give everybody about a hundred grand and just let the company fail. So, but are they asking for that money to continue operating the way they were before or are they restructuring? I mean, that restructuring is definitely probably a way to go now because you got to adapt and restructure to the way things should be now and how business should be now. Obviously, to keep, um, like, I'm not familiar with statistics, how many planes, you know, they're flying, what the frequency is. and But the reality is, I think air travel's definitely going to be very slow on the pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, even after all this ends, there might, there's going to be a lot of people who will not travel for a while so to get up to the same you know comfort level of people even you know mentally even traveling in an airplane knowing that you know this happened before and could happen again um, how do you deal with that yuri what do you think uh i think it's it's uh you know i think we're in the fog where we have yet to i think it's almost too soon to draw conclusions um i mean even going back going back to two trillion like I, I can't even wrap my head around how much that is. Right. right. I can't, and, 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 you know, companies too big to fail. Um, like it's, it's not in a way it's not their own doing, but it, you know, mm-hmm. if you are, if you're, um, running a company or, or operating a company in a way that's, you know, pushing the limits, um, in a way you can say you deserved it, but also, um, you know, like, like what you say, oh, well, you can give every employee a hundred grand. Well, I think it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not, that's a short-term fix. And I, I want to say it's a little short-sighted because it's not about, that's you know, a, that's a yearly make, salary, man. You could keep somebody out for, yeah, here you go. Here's a hundred grand. A Take year. a break for a year. That's a, yeah. <laughs> well then what, what do you do when it comes back? Right? Like what happens then? Right? Like we're not another stimulus. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Just give more money. Just keep giving. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, so, there's a lot of presidential candidates that just want to do just that, you know, give you a, well, there was one who wanted to give everybody like $1,500 every month just for, just for being a citizen. Here you yeah. go. Here's 1500 a month. Yeah. Minimum, minimum income. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think something is owed to them. I think, uh, I think it's, it's a good idea to do what they're doing, but I think it's really too early to tell how that how that two trillion dollars is going to be divided who's going to get what mm-hmm. um and um how i mean like i said we're, we're kind of in the fog to try to understand um what's going to happen or, or what they should do i don't i don't think they should, you know chapter uh, companies should be filing chapter 11 because of this um i mean you don't I think, think they should or don't think they should or they I should i think some will some will. Right. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, recession, um, recession is, you know, like technically speaking, recession is two quarters of uh, reduced GDP, which I mm-hmm. think uh, this will definitely 
um, equate to a recession. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's also really it's like you know you look, you look at the stock market. It's it's a correction, right? It's a it's a market correction. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, the stock market is another interesting uh, another interesting part of this is that it's bounced around about every single day for the last two months. Um, I, you know, I invest in stocks. You're, I know you invest in stocks too. Um, do you think, do you think now's a good time to invest? I mean, do you think things have bottomed out for now or do you think there's still room to go as you know, in the next quarter, probably when companies start reporting, um, the revenues and some apparently are even not, not going to forecast anything. They're not, they're not even giving guidance for where, what they think they're going to do in, in a quarter from now. So what do you think? Is now a good time to buy stocks? Is it like I have no position. Cheap? I have no position to be given stock advice. I uh, I am a very very amateur uh, investor, um, and I'm you know just going by what my gut tell uh, gut feeling is telling me. But uh, yeah. based on everything everything all the numbers um, that I've seen in my gut, I think it's mm-hmm. it's definitely. Uh, uh, I don't want to say once in a lifetime because you know these things happen all the time, but uh, <laughs> about every ten years, so. it's definitely a better time to invest than it was two months ago. <laughs> okay, fair. Igor, what do you think? Oh, well, that's for sure. I completely agree with that. Uh, a lot of companies, even uh, stable companies, that have been around for a long time, and a lot of uh, very popular stable investment firms that invest in those companies are also. Uh, uh, you know, if they it, it, come, it comes down to cash, right? If you've got the cash to do it, there's great opportunity to make money. If you have no cash now to be doing that, opportunities mean nothing. So, it. I think it's cash and guts. I mean, Yuri was right, man. You have to have patience if you're investing in the stock market. I'm also amateur, so yeah, I'm not qualified to give any advice to anybody. But uh, you know, just from the the first few trades that I made ever. Um, totally didn't have patience as soon as the stock started falling a little bit, you know, I'm watching that thing every day and I'm like, nope, 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 sell it. I can't do this. Um, since then I've learned my lesson to, uh, be more patient. You definitely have to wait these things out. Yeah. It's just a, it, like Yuri said, it's probably just a correction. I mean, eventually when things start lining up, um, it should pick up. If you look at historical data for, you know, for companies that have been around since 2008 or before, I mean, the, that correction happened before and happened a couple of times after that. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of looking at the data, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of great information on that topic now. A lot of reading that can be done. Yeah. So I think everyone should really educate themselves on, and not just listen to you know my friend told me it's a good time to buy or sell now. You know, it's everyone should make should be making an educated decision. Um, I know in the Ukrainian community that seems to be a a, a, a real good factor you know everyone's doing it and i'm gonna do it too right <laughs> yeah exactly um but uh, i think it's it's educating yourself do you own stocks igor yeah you do yeah well good you're like ahead of the curve then man um <laughs> next n- next thing i wanted to talk about was um because just we're on the 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 topic of uh investing and you know sort of saving um i feel like personally and again i don't have any statistics on this but personally i do feel like a lot of our people uh don't really have a retirement plan at all um i mean you know everybody's like oh i'm gonna pay off my house and then i'll be good and then i'll figure it out you know or social security or whatever um you know i get not everybody has uh access to uh you know 401ks or you know large amounts of capital that they can just sort of toss around 
Some of our people do. They got a lot of cash in the bank and cash in the mattress and stuff like that. But <laughs> I know one guy. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> Who's this one? Guy? Who's this one guy? <laughs> I know this one guy. <laughs> he got cash um, lying around all over the place. Oh jeez. <laughs> you know water beds and now it's money beds (laughs) (laughs) um yuri what do you think uh anybody can do i mean let's say they don't have access to like an employee sponsored 401k um what can somebody do that's you know maybe baby steps to uh work their way towards retirement because let's not forget even if you pay off your house you still have insurance you still have utilities you might still want to take a vacation and obviously i don't think social security is going to cover that necessarily um, so what can people do to supplement their income when they're ready to retire? Well, I think, uh, I think you got to back up a couple steps there and, and really, uh, you know, why, why is the reason many of our people uh, do not have retirement plans, right? Like you got to understand why that is. Distrust and that's, in you institutions. Re- <laughs> um, it's not, I don't know that's a distrust institution. I think some, some of it, a major part of it is short term thinking. Yeah. Um, and so you got to back up a couple steps and, and, you know, like, so right now it's a market correction, right? What, what's getting corrected? So you look at what's, what's, uh, what's deemed unessential, you know, not essential business, right? A lot of the fast money is not deemed essential, right? All the people that went to school and now are working hospitals or, or at a, um, you know, at a larger, larger place that are, it's not fast money. It's, you know, it's projects that span, you know you know, months or years or, or careers that span, span 40 years or 20 years, have a pension or a 401k are now in a better place, uh, than many people that are chasing money, fast money that are, oh, I could do, you know, so many jobs in this day or so many jobs in this week, yeah. right? It's fast yeah. money. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's st- taking a step back and, and educating them financially, right? Ed- understanding, um, you know, Educating yourself financially, getting some financial education and understanding what you want to do, how to live, what are essentials, you know, is a, uh, you know, is a expensive cars or flashy things that are essential mm-hmm. or, um, you know, if I don't buy a certain item that, you know, if I can buy something that's cheaper and use that a difference in that price of, of, uh, um, item you know that you can get a discount and invest that money instead um how does that play out in the long term yeah and then and then no longer are you walking around and looking at people what they're uh, wearing you know how people are living today they're understanding the long-term effects of it um so i think uh what can people do Mm -hmm. um i think get financially educated and understand how everything plays out in long term and um and uh you know understand the, the big picture yeah and plan a little bit towards that too that's really that's really good insight uh igor what do you what do you say i think a lot of it is has a cultural background to it uh there was a documentary that i watched a while ago i can't recall what it's called but it specifically looked at slavic people and and what changed um after 1990 so when the soviet union fell apart mm-hmm. so um kind of from after second world war until 1990 people really didn't have much of anything and we're talking about possessions money um right after that um people people's mentality was i need to have grab as much as possible as quick as possible (laughs) um and that and that and that seems to be uh 
think a, a lot of factors that are affecting the immigrant population here in Canada and the States. Um, and again, that, that uh, I guess education of, um, or lack of education um, of what it really means to live retired and how much money do you really need? You need at least, I mean, people want to live just like they live now. They want to live at that level or better in retirement, right? So you don't yeah. have that income coming in now and you know the the social security and the pensions and all that that the government provides or even the self-funded pensions they may not be paying as much as people are expecting they will be mm -hmm. um especially people from our generation yeah you know but we're retiring in say 30 30 plus years yeah and it's kind of funny that uh we're you know we're we're quite a ways from re retirement and we're already talking about which is good because most young people that is not a conversation they will have uh, about money i mean that a lot of folks will have the conversation of where i can spend it where can i make it but not how i can grow it and how i can save it and how i can have more of it for retirement uh, and it is important discussion to have mm -hmm. yeah and we and our generation especially i think is um to your point I, I feel like they are a little bit more financially um educated than the previous generation a lot of that has to do with new instruments. I mean, who knew about the stock market in Ukraine in 1990, right? It didn't right, exist. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> um, even today, th there is a stock market in Ukraine, but it's very, it's it's so fringe that people don't even don't even talk about it really. All right, so so guys, key takeaways uh, from today, Yuri. I guess we got to rethink rethink how we do business and digitalization of business. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know. Nowadays, more than ever, like something like this makes the case for what I do, what we do, um, is, you know, virtual construction, right? How much can you do in a controlled environment? How much can you do um, uh, away from from the job site? Because um, the job site, or th you know, like things like that are, are risks, right? A lot of things can happen um, there. And so the more you can do in a controlled environment, the better. But overall, I mean, I think that's really uh, construction specific, but overall it's like d digitalization, right? So um, I've seen ads for cars, right? It goes from card, uh, it's, uh, I think it was reading from lot to um, from lot to driveway. Mm -hmm. um, it's clever. So they're doing virtual, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing virtual sales um, online, right? You don't even need to see the car. Um, and uh, I mean, I got, I'm pretty sure you've bought in cars that uh, you've never seen. Before, 90, right? 99% of times when I buy a car, it's online. And I only got about, yeah. uh, depending on an auction, but sometimes 60 seconds to make my decision. <laughs> Jeez. Right. So I think we're going to, we're going to, I I feel we're, uh, we're going to see more of that um, coming, coming to fruition. And times like these are going to make the case for that. So a, um, rethink rethink uh, the the world as we know it today um and then uh yeah i think that's the biggest thing rethink the world and, and the processes uh, we have um as we know them today because we're not going to be the same after on the other side of this yeah that's true how about you igor key takeaway or key takeaways definitely um i think business is definitely moving that way and uh also, you know, getting educated now, now more than ever is how do you, what do you do different and to, you know, outperform your competitors 
um, to get that business. Like I said, it's like a, if you imagine it's a piece of the pie and, you know, everyone gets a little cut, well, you know, if somebody's eating your piece of the pie, how do you, how do you get that <laughs> How back? do you get more pie? How do you get more pie? That is the question. And that's, that's something that realistically in my business right now is, as um, I'm looking at is how do we adapt, uh, how do we evolve uh, to be able to provide, uh, you know, um, still superior service and product to the customer and uh, still be uh, profitable, right? And uh, right at this moment, that seems to be a struggle for a lot of businesses is how do you still stay profitable or how do you, how do you continue working in this environment? Yeah, I'd say uh, w totally agree. I think one of my uh, biggest takeaways uh, on a more personal lever level um, is people have a lot of time on their hands right now. And uh, I, I think um, as unfortunate as the situation is for a lot of people, everybody's going to have to think about, well, what can I do to make sure I'm still staying productive if, if, if something like this were to happen again? Um, and so with that time that they have now, maybe they can get financially educated um, at least enough to understand that, look, not every, not every Vasa needs a, a Mercedes every, you know, every year, every six months. I mean, you'd probably disagree with me, Igor. I think I completely disagree. Every three months, you got to come in for a trade-in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do but, the old um, changes. Bring it in for a trade-in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what I'm going to do with my car. <laughs> yeah, you're um, overdue for service anyways. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not even going to do it now. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just realizing the, uh, that look, uh, good times don't last forever. And hopefully this is, um, a lesson in, in some way to, uh, to a lot of people. So, all right, guys, well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to, uh, talk a lot about things. I feel like we covered a lot of great content, uh, a lot of stuff that, uh, a lot of takeaways for a lot of people listening. So I want to thank everybody who tuned in uh, to this podcast and who has listened to the previous episodes. If you haven't, uh, there is three others. So we cover everything from real estate to cars to just life in general. Uh, I want to especially thank Yuri for joining and Igor all the way from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, I think a lot of people still don't know where that is. but that's Right above North Dakota. Uh, yeah, there you go. Great. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Uh, goodbye. Do Ciao. Until next time.